Greetings to all of you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome all of you watching us online. And you're part of the service. Amen. Are you all excited? Amen. We are in an exciting season. Amen. We call it Christmas season. Amen. I don't know how your Christmas preparations are going on. I don't know how your Christmas activities are being charted. I don't know how your, some people call it the holidays. Amen. Holidays. I hope it is not holidays for you. I hope it is filled with action for you. Amen. Amen. And uh, God has designed the season for the church to take advantage of. Amen. So an amazing season. The season of Christmas is an amazing season which the church can take advantage of. Amen. We can capitalize on the openness, the freedom, the access. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we can literally, I was thinking about it, we can literally incorporate Christmas into every conversation that we get into in December. It can be a random stranger that you're meeting for the first time and you're getting, you, you get talking to that person and I'm telling you by the fourth sentence, you can talk about Christmas. You can. It's very easy to talk about Christmas. And I found it very easy to talk about Christmas. Over the years, I found it very easy to talk about Christmas. And I've never, in my, uh, in all my ministering, I've never found a season so free and open for the ministering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, five of you kind of understand what I'm talking about. I'm glad for the five of you. But I'm, this is the truth. I've never found a season as open and favorable for the ministering of the gospel like the season of Christmas. Amen. Everybody knows something about Christmas. Hallelujah. Now, I like the fact that see, that's a strategy that we must learn. Strategy in the, in the right sense. Don't take, get me wrong. That's a strategy that we must understand. Even when, uh, you know, the apostles ministered, uh, they went about and, you know, they, they, they mingled, uh, you know, they went to these Gentile places. They went to these uh, play people who had no idea about God of the Bible, of the, even the Old Testament for that matter. Now, how they ministered, they started from the common point. That's why we have passages in the Bible that talk about the unknown God. Paul found that very interesting. Okay, I can start there. The unknown God, whom you worship without knowing the name. Amen? We, we, must, we must always find the common ground. Amen? When you, are, when you are trying to connect somebody to the gospel, try to find the common ground. Amen? I was engaged in a conversation with two, two unbelievers. They came home. I called them over for, for some fellowship. Fellowship, yeah. We can have fellowship with unbelievers if you are guiding it. You are in charge. Otherwise, don't have fellowship with unbelievers. Amen? But you can have fellowship with them if you are in the spirit. So I had, I was having this conversation and, you know, we start talking about Christmas and how they celebrate Christmas. I let them speak for a while and then I started how I celebrate Christmas. And when I could tell them how, what we do for Christmas and, you know, what are the things, different things that we do. In it, we can minister. Hallelujah. Somebody get this in. Amen. You know, the, the world, you know what? how the world sees Christmas? You drive around Cotem Town, you will see Christmas sale. That's how the world sees. It's a business opportunity. Big bucks. Amen. They paint it all red. They paint it all bright. And put all those shimmery lights and all. And say, we have an offer. Christmas offer. Dine with us. Buy one cake, get two free. <laughs> no. 
all that, all those things, you know, that's the time to, to make money. It's a, December is the month to make profit. All the months that you lost from Jan to November, you make up for it in the month of December. How do I know it? I worked with the media for a while, so I know some of these things. That's how these things work. So we, we, must, we must see the opportunity to minister. But the world sees the opportunity to, to profit in the worldly sense, to make money, to, to hit the jackpot or whatever you call it. To, to bring in some revenue. The church must see the opportunity to minister. We must look beyond the business. Look beyond the sale. And don't get excited in, in this. Oh, I mean, there'll be a lot of sales happening. There'll be a lot of offers going on. If you go to town, we'll find a lot of discounts. Don't get excited about all that. That's not the focus of Christmas. That's what the world focuses on. Amen? Are you with me? Look beyond all that. Look beyond all that the world sees and see the divine favor of God upon the church to minister the gospel with utmost freedom. The freedom that we have, we can literally go to any person and in our simplicity minister the gospel. If you're available, that is. You can walk into a, a, a neighbor's house, uh, you know, buy some, get some cake and then just start sharing the gospel. Now we are, we, we are making the kids do something this week. This week? Are they doing it this week? This week they are doing something. We are making them give cards to their friends. Revelation kids are giving Christmas cards. Amen? And in that they can share the gospel. It's like giving tracts. Are you with me? So I want you to pray for them, okay? Pray that their ministry, their evangelistic efforts will bear much fruit. Amen? I'm hearing some amazing reports. Some of the things that they get to say and do. And how, how it is evolving is amazing. Man, we don't always get to see all that. So just for you to know, they are doing their part. Man, the adults need to grow up. Man, hallelujah, that's right. So I was, we had the privilege of ministering at uh, the school this, this last Friday. We started our campus outreach tour or Christmas tour that is, an outreach tour. And I was asking, we had kids from, I don't know, from maybe first standard all the way till, I don't know what's the senior most class, maybe 9th or 10th. Um, I was asking the kids, what comes to your mind when you think about Christmas? What, what's, what makes Christmas so joyful? How, how, how do you celebrate Christmas? And what comes to your mind when you think about celebrating Christmas? And they gave me all the answers. They gave me, they said, Christmas tree and and, and carol singing and crackers and cradle and cakes and lights and decorations and, and they just want to like and they were competing with each other to tell something man something that they do which the others don't do and, and the list seemed endless and then we could finally tell them wrap it all up and say this is why Christmas must be celebrated this is the reason for the joy you know, all the things are just the outer fringes of it, the, the frills. But the reason why we are so joyful about the season is because a Savior has been born. <laughs> Simple. Everybody understand, understands that. You can talk that to a little kid, they'll understand. Ah, okay, a Savior has been born. And they'll think, okay, why do we need a Savior? So you tell them, why do they need a Savior? They need a Savior because they, we are all sinners. And we need a Savior to save us from sins. Man, and make us one with God. Man, easy, right? 
I mean, you try it. It's so easy. I'm telling you. Ministering the gospel is so easy. It's so easy. There will be challenges. Not refuting that. There will be challenges. But ministering the gospel is not so hard as many of you think. Especially in the season of Christmas. So I just want to encourage you. So your pastor, I want to encourage you. Take advantage of this season. See beyond all that the world is hyping about. The world can hype about different things. During Christmas, I encourage everyone of you to be actively involved in ministering the gospel during the season. We can get all busy and worked up this season, doing different things that we like to do. But in all our doing, in all our activities, in all our efforts, let Christ be the center. Amen. In all our giving, give Jesus. Amen. You can give a lot of gifts, give Jesus. Amen. Otherwise, your giving is worthless. Hallelujah. I, I, mean, I was thinking about it yesterday. And like, okay, I don't know. How, I, I was thinking, okay, how many Christmases more will we get on this earth? Because we have, we're talking about opportunity to minister. And I know for a fact, I've been, I've been ministering during Christmas for a very long time. Ever since I became a believer. Christmas has always been that, the busiest month of the year. For whatever reason, it has always been like that. I love it. And I, I, I'm so thankful for, to the Lord for that. And, um, and I just want to tell you, do not get sidetracked by anything else. Do not get sidetracked by all the events and all the hype and all the, uh, the sale and the discount and this and that and the opportunities and the holiday and the freedom and the focus on Jesus. Amen. Give Jesus. Amen. Give Jesus. Amen. Give Jesus. Amen. Amen. Get involved in some Christmas giving. Amen. What's Christmas giving all about? Giving the gospel. Amen. Okay, let's uh, look at the account of Christmas in the Bible. Now I remember turning to this particular passage, I don't know whether it was last year or year before last. Um, I just remember ministering from this passage. But I, this is one passage which kind of gets my attention. There's something about this particular passage of the Bible with regards to Christmas that that always gets my attention. I'm, I'm referring to Matthew chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Okay, let's stop there. Any idea when Jesus was born? Like which year or the time frame? Huh? Sorry? 4 BC, 3 BC, somewhere there. Okay, we're not precisely, we are not sure maybe, but somewhere there. Between 4 BC and, uh, you know, 3 BC, somewhere there. Uh, according to history sources and even according to the Bible history. So, Jesus was born around 4 BC, and that time, Herod was ruling over the land. Herod uh, the Great, you all would know, Herod the Great, even history talks about Herod the Great. Herod the, was the ruler of uh, uh, what is known in history as the Herodian Kingdom, which comes under the Roman Empire. Roman Empire was in charge of the Herodian Kingdom, or... Um, 
the Herodian kingdom was like a client kingdom. That, that's how they used to say it. They were a client kingdom to the Roman Empire. Um, history records that this man by the name Herod was an excellent builder. He's an excellent builder. He has uh, did some renovation work. You all know. Okay, and history talks about all that. I'm not going, going there now. Uh, so Herod the Great was appointed by the Roman Empire or the Roman Senate at that point of time as the ruler of this land, of this section. Okay, and they officially gave him the title. What's the title they gave him? Huh? This is where it gets interesting. Do you know what's the title that Roman Senate gave Herod? The king of the Jews. The king of the Jews. Herod was raised a Jew, by the way. Well, he, he, he was accustomed to the ways of the Jews. He had a Jewish lineage in a certain manner. Or he was, he was exposed to the Jewish culture. And he was proclaimed by the Roman Senate as the king of the Jews. Okay, a little bit of history. It gets, makes our study or the meditation of this passage very interesting. Okay, so who is the king of the Jews according to the Roman Empire or the Roman Senate? Herod the Great. Say Herod the Great. That's what they call him, Herod the Great. So now the Magi, the, the second set of characters, the set of special characters in this account is the Magi from the East. Say Magi. Don't say Maggie, that's no news. This is Magi, okay? The Magi, I've heard uh, scripture reading, and Maggie from the East. It's okay, we can also make those mistakes, but just for you to know, just you know what I've learned, I'm just pointing. Okay, so Magi from the East are the next set of special characters in this account. The Bible does not say how many of them were there. Do you know that? We generally by tradition say there were three of them. But the Bible does not say the number of them. But we kind of infer that they were three because there were three gifts. Gold, myrrh, and frankincense. Okay, so three gifts. So maybe three people. Not necessarily. We don't know how many people. In fact, there are uh, sections of history which suggest that uh, they were around 12. We don't know. Some of them say that they were around 12 of them. Some, some uh, history even gives them names. Like, you know, different names. Like, at least three names they had given. I'm not going to go into all that. That's not in the Bible, so let's not focus on that. But just for you to know, don't get stuck in the idea that there were only three. Not really. We don't know how many of them were there. And uh, we also have this tradition by which we call them kings. But the Bible, again, does not say whether they were kings. But they were high-ranking people. They were respected people because they could freely come into a land and they could even get invited to the, the king's palace and so on and so forth. They could bring so much of expensive, precious gifts. In those days, gold, myrrh, and frankincense were like sought after. I mean, like treasure. Say treasure. Okay? So they were not low-key low people. They were highly esteemed, high-ranking people, maybe kings. The reason why we kind of lean towards making them kings is because there are passages in the Old Testament which talks about kings coming to worship God. Yeah? You know those, those passages in, uh, I think that's in, in Psalms you read, there are a couple of, two or three passages in, in, in the book of Psalms that uh, rulers and kings come to pay homage to God. And then in Isaiah, there are prophetic scriptures in Isaiah where, which talks about kings come to fall at his feet. So with all this, we think they are kings again. 
this particular passage does not clearly say whether they were kings or not. Anyways, they brought, uh, they were, we even have carols. We three kings of Orient are. Traveling from afar and so on and so forth. Uh, but anyways, they brought three different types of kings to this newborn king. Um, and let's not debate all that. Um, let's look at what the text says. After Jesus was born, I'm paraphrasing. You can look at the, the original. I'm maybe paraphrasing. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, this set of people known as the Magi or wise men, some translations say wise men, that's a good title to have, wise men. Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. They were asking a question and inquiring around. That's what they were doing. They came to Jerusalem. And what? how do we know them? How do we know what they were doing? The Bible says they were asking a question. They were inquiring. What, do, what were they inquiring? They made inquiries about where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And they claimed that they have seen his star in the east. So they're coming from the east. Magi from the east saw the star of this king of the Jews. And they traveled all the way to Jerusalem. Probably following the star. Are you with me? Now, I want you to uh, understand. Okay, now I'm going to go back and forth. Look at the Magi. Look at Herod and his circle. Okay, we're going to do that on and off. So now... Understand why Herod was so disturbed. The Bible says he was troubled by the Magi's visit to Jerusalem. And you must understand why. Because he was officially, say officially. Say it louder. Louder. So say officially one more time. So Herod was officially appointed the king of the Jews. So when these wise men who had a... Um, a tinge of royalty, scholarly people, high-ranking officials. They came all the way, f way from the east, probably from India, probably from China. There are all kinds of traditions that go, by, go like that. They came from India, they came from China, we don't know. But anyways, these people came from the east and they started inquiring about the one who has been born, the king of the Jews. In the land where one is officially designated as the king of the Jews. Would you like it if you were the king? Would you like it? You are the king. Okay? And somebody, some people come to the town and say, where is the king of the Jews? The newborn king of the Jews. Where is the newborn king? And this king is like, what? I am the king of the Jews. Who else is the king of the Jews? The Roman Empire, the Roman Senate declared me as the king of the Jews. So he was troubled. Okay? And uh, the, the news surely reached the ears of Herod the Great. Okay, let's look at verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem, not only Herod, but all Jerusalem with him. Herod was troubled, not only Herod, but all of Jerusalem were troubled with him. So the Magi saw the star in the east, came to worship the newborn king. You must understand what this is. This is a, this is a heavenly orchestrated event. Are you getting this? It's, 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 this is not like, you know, somebody uh, called them from Jerusalem and said, hey, somebody is born king of the Jews here. Just come over. We'll... No. They saw a star. Heaven orchestrated this event. Divinely inspired by God. Amen. 
to move in the hearts of this people who are called the Magi, which uh, inspired them to set themselves on a journey with treasures, precious treasures, all the way from the east to Jerusalem. They were alert. Say alert. Say alert. How many of you remember what was ministered to you last week? You remember that? The Spirit of God was pressing upon your heart. If you've forgotten that, again the Lord is pressing upon your heart. The, the impression was, stay alert to things of God, to the Spirit of God. Stay alert. Amen? And these people whom we know as the Magi, they were alert, say alert, to a sign from heaven. The Magi were not, see, don't think, I mean, we, we quickly give them the, the, the attire or the, uh, the dress code of astrologers. We tell them that even when we're doing a skit, let's say, we give them, we make them look like astrologers. Have you seen the de depiction, astrologers? Because they, they followed his star. So we think they, they were some form of astrologers, some form of magicians. Don't be quick to judge them like that. If, if they were astrologers, then they would not be the only people who would come to Jerusalem. Are you with me? If they were merely astrologers, they were Gentiles for sure. But if they were astrologers, merely astrologers, they would not be the only people who would come all the way to Jerusalem following the star. Okay? Which proves that they were something more than astrologers. They got, or rather, God could get their attention. Are you with me? This people, this set of people whom we call as the Magi, were a set of people from whom God could catch attention. God could get their attention. God showed them something on, in the sky and they, that caught their attention. They, they decided, they respond, they responded. And how many of you respond to a star in the sky? I'm sure that none of you would. None of you would. You might respond. But otherwise, if you see a star in the sky, you would not respond. Because it's, what's the big deal? Stars. Every day I look up, I see stars. But these people saw a star. We call it the Bethlehem star or, you know, Christmas star, whatever you want to call it. They saw the star from the east. And they traveled from afar to come to Jerusalem with all that they had to offer under this newborn baby. Say baby. Who would give a baby gold? Okay, we will go give gold, some small chains and this and that we give. Malayalis would definitely do that. Other than Malayalis. And frankincense and myrrh. These were expensive things. These are things that people traded. Business, big businessmen. They traded these things. Expensive stuff. So, but where did it all start? They looked up the sky and they saw a star. And they decided to respond to it. Say star. Say respond. Say alert. And the Lord shows you something. Be alert. Do not be distracted by anybody. By anything. No. If you want to be used by God, the first decision you must make is a hard decision. I'll tell you what it is. It's a very hard decision. I choose not to be distracted by anybody. Doesn't matter who that is. Maybe my friend, maybe my husband, maybe my wife, maybe my children. But if I am on a mission for God, I choose not to be distracted by anything or by anybody. 
A thousand things can go wrong on a day that I want to serve God. But my choice is to stay focused. Amen. Stay focused and be alert. Are you with me? So these guys were not superstitious astrologers. They were not traveling based on astrology. We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him conveys that they were spiritually alert and they were quickened by a heavenly sign. Say quickened. A heavenly reality has gripped them because not only they wanted to follow the star, they wanted to come and see the person behind the star and say worship. So the whole thing was spiritual. Say spiritual. Not astrology, not superstitious, none of those things. It was a spiritual, heavenly inspired, God-given, God-driven event. The motivation of the journey was worship. I hope the motivation of your journey this morning was worship. Was it worship? Really? 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 The motivation of your journey from... Wherever you came from, from Vadavadur, that's the nearest. Kanjikudi? Ah, people from Kanjikudi are there. Kollad, Muttambalam. What's the name of your place? Kollad. 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 Manargad. Paipad. Kumbhanad. Kundandanam. Thiruvalla. What was the motivation of your journey this morning? Was it worship? You traveled afar. You know, some, sometimes the way we say, you know, you know we, are, we are staying so far from church. So far from church. Going to worship is a, is a stretch for us. Sunday is a stretch for us. Traveling so many, we have to get up so early. You know, oh, the, way, the, the way we make it, you know, for some event in church, we have to come all the way from Thiruvalla. Thiruvalla. I mean, is it a big thing? We come all the way from Ernakal. Is it a big thing? What is so far when it comes to worship? What is so far when it comes to worship? What is so far when it comes to honoring God? And the truth is, we know how to scale long distances for the sake of petty things. We know it well. Don't try to bluff God. We know it well. The things which are important to us, we'll go fast, we'll reach on time, we don't mind the distance. We don't mind the pet. We don't mind the petrol prices. We don't mind any of these things. We will make arrangements so that what is important to us is done. For these people, worship was important. It was important. They made preparations. They did not just, you know, that's not how they came to Jerusalem. Just swing their arms wide. Let's go for a trip. It's fun. Let's see that side of the world. Israel. The hot tourist destination of the world. They were of the bomb, bombs and missiles. That's a different thing. But otherwise, let's, let's go to Jerusalem. That's not how they came. They came prepared to worship. Why? I mean, the reason is so absurd. They saw a star in the sky. So God can put a star in the sky to inspire worship from you. But are you listening? Are you alert? Yes. 
That's a question. You might be alert about so many different things. We can get distracted by so many other things. When it comes to worship, what's the focus? Now, they, these people, the Magi, say Magi, they were among the minority who worshipped and rejoiced at the birth of Jesus during the time. They were definitely a blessed lot. They were, they, were not the, they were not part of the majority. They were not part of any movement. They were not part of any organization. They were not part of any big majority or a political party. They were like quiet, discreet people who just wanted to worship God. I want to tell you something. Do not think that worship is a mega event. That's the 21st century Christian fallacy. It's, it's not right. It's a misconception. Worship is never a mega event. It will be when we all reach heaven. Because there will be, there'll be no, no other agenda. It's just worship. But on this earth, don't expect your worship to be a mega event. It's about you and God. About you and God. Doesn't matter what the, the person next to you feels like. Your neighbor on a given Sunday, for example might not be up to worshipping God. Does it matter? Is your worship dependent on the person seated next to you? Or oh, my friend next to me is not lifting up her hands today. Or oh, my husband does not seem like worshipping God today. So let me also No. Your worship like I said, if you want to be used by God first decision, do not get distracted by anybody or anyone else. You and God. You and Jesus. You heard that this morning the feet of Jesus. That's the place. That's the place. You want to be at the feet of Jesus. That's your souls. That's, your, that's the place that you pour out. That's the pl place that you don't mind crying. That's the place that you don't mind being undignified. Yeah. Amen. <sighs> Hallelujah. Not everyone would want to be part of a true worship. Not everyone would want to be part of a of true worship. Understand, worship is a very niche. It's a niche event. It's a very niche event. It's not a, it's not a big, large scale, so many people coming together event. It's very exclusive. Say exclusive. Worship is exclu exclusive to whom? Say it loud. Worsh worship is exclusive to whom? Say it loud. One more time. Worship is exclusive to whom? That's right. One more time. Worship is exclusive to whom? One more time. We are not convinced. Worship is exclusive to whom? One more time. Worship is exclusive to whom? To worshippers. It's not for anybody else. It's not for everyone. Don't expect everyone to worship the way you want to worship. Not everyone is going to worship God the way he deserves to be worshipped. Worship is exclusive to the worshipper. Man, it's an exclusive right of the worshipper. Amen. Hallelujah. But when we all get to heaven, we'll only be worshippers. All of us will be worshippers. In church may not be the case. Hard reality. I'm telling you the truth. I have no problem in admitting this. In church, that need not be the case. 
in a church of 100 people maybe there are only five worshipers true but in heaven 100% all of us will be worshipers some of you getting this some of you getting this now some of you i'll tell you why some of you feel so left out in church because you are looking at the vast majority who don't like to worship that's why you feel left out if you understand what's the purpose of coming together you will feel you're in the right place i'm here to worship god doesn't matter what's the person next to me doing this person doing what's the band doing what's the worship none of those things matter not even the worship leader for that matter not even the worship leader matters on a given sunday for you to worship god hallelujah worship is reserved to those who are alert to spiritual signs and heavenly promptings worship is reserved for those who are alert to spiritual signs says spiritual signs and heavenly promptings if you are not prompted by heaven you are not be, you will not be able to worship freely if you are not able to be prompted by heaven if heaven is not the number one thing in your mind you cannot worship you will not worship you will struggle to worship if the curry on the stove is your number one concern you will not be able to worship that's what jesus had against martha you're worried about so many things you are not a worshiper you can't worship get rid of all that and then come to worship only one thing say one thing and we considered that when we met at uh, for the house tours fellowship at white chance and jenny mama's house one thing just one thing just one thing you know to such a person even a star in the sky can inspire true worship you can walk in the middle of the night you'll be like you know outside your home just walking up and down maybe doing some exercise and then you look up and you see a star inspires worship why because you're so alert to what heaven is prompting you to do otherwise not you can be uh, you can be at a worship concert and be very stiff they'll be singing all the wonderful worship songs will not move anything in you why because you're not prompted by heaven not work that way say alert stay alert as paul said i buffet my body you got to buffet your body it's a discipline bring it the the flesh will not want to worship the flesh will not you know lead you in worship you know, the flesh cannot lead you in worship only the spirit can lead you into the presence of god the flesh cannot lead you into the presence of god the flesh will lead you out if you pay attention to the flesh the flesh will lead you out and the devil knows how to exactly touch your flesh i'm telling you when we're all set to worship god and you're all already just you know just ready to worship god the phone will ring that's the flesh easy access to the flesh phone is ringing or your child will call you or your husband will disturb you or whatever it is yeah in spirit and in truth devoid of all distraction cut off from the world and think about it a relatively small bunch of foreigners comes to jerusalem with the explicit intention of worshiping jesus they had only one they had they stated it very plainly we've come to worship who are we worshipers who are we worshipers yeah. when people ask you where are you going we've come to we're going to worship jesus 
on any given day when people ask you what are you who are you what's your answer i'm a worshipper i'm going to worship jesus say explicit an explicit worshipper amen i play, see when you are a worshipper state it plainly i am a worshipper of christ i am a worshipper of jesus christ i have come to worship in church i come to worship not to do music not to do camera not to do anything else i come to worship so worship the the intention of this set of people called the magi it was offensive to the king of the jews the official king of the jews and his subjects also were offended by the stated interest of this group of people called the magi because they came to worship the newborn king of the jews the bible says when herod the king heard this he was troubled and all jerusalem with him they were all troubled the word troubled is it actually means agitated stirred up he stirred up sometimes that happens no you'll be in worship you want to worship but stirring up happens not the worship stirring up the distractions they were stirred up because somebody wants to worship others are agitated are you with me the flesh is just say it with me the flesh is agitated because the flesh is worried about so many things do you know that your flesh is worried about so many things your flesh is worried about so many things your flesh has no interest to worship that's why paul said do not do not put any confidence in the flesh i put no confidence in the flesh because my flesh does not want to please god my flesh does not want to worship jesus i am not a fleshly being anymore i am a spiritual being that's the reality you must come to you are not about the flesh those who are led by the spirit these are the sons of god your agenda your intention is all about the spirit it's about worship it's about pleasing god you're not worried about this and that when you're in the presence of god nothing matters to you nothing matters to you i'm telling you are you getting this nothing matters when you're in the presence of god nothing matters oh i'm i'm feeling very hungry worship worship time hungry worship time i want to go to the loo i'm telling you this that must be a rebuke that's a demon that's a demon i'm telling you if that is a recurring problem you have rebuke that demon out of you and you may not like this but that's the truth anything that distracts you from worship is not inspired by god it's demonic outright demonic not saying that god will strike you with lightning if you go to the loo when you when you're worshiping that's not what i'm saying now if you can't hold it you can go to the loo but if you find that as a problem and that is not just distracting you but all of israel is also troubled because of your agitation herod was troubled wants to go to the loo because somebody has come to worship the king of the jews newborn king of the jews he was troubled all of israel also troubled why because herod was troubled that's happened that's what happens sometimes you are troubled about something and that inspires other people to be troubled like you 
So everyone is distracted from worship. The flesh is not tuned to worship God. So you, when you come to church, when you, when you stand in the presence of God, when you are in meditation with God, your flesh must be cut off. Daily crucify the flesh and its, and its wicked intentions and its foolish pleasures. Crucify. It's no longer you. It's Christ. Christ. That awareness, that consciousness. Man, that consciousness. Christ. Con be Christ conscious. Be Christ conscious. So he was troubled because he was insecure about the earthly positions of kingship. That's why he was troubled. Why was he troubled? Somebody said, if you come to worship the newborn king of the Jews, troubled. Why? Because he is troubled, he's insecure about his earthly position as the king of the Jews. Who gave him the title? The Roman Senate. Now he knows that somebody else, which is above the Roman Senate, has given the title king of the Jews. The whole process is different. It is not based on a human will. And people beyond to him, I mean absolutely obscure, obscure to him, has come from a distance to worship this newborn king. Trouble. Say trouble. trouble. My, king, my kingship is gone. My kingship is gone. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. When you get insecure about your position in life, when you get insecure about your whatever is in life, you, that prevents you from worshipping God. And he could have rejoiced. He could have, okay, I also want to come. Just think about it. Herod could have gone with the Magi. It would have been a different story altogether. Oh, you've come all the way. How come I didn't know about it? How come I didn't know about the king of the Jews? I'm the king of the Jews. But if there is another king of the Jews and you have come to know of him, I want to worship this king of the Jews. Take me along with you. Are you with me? The people were troubled because they felt uninformed about the future. Now we want to be well informed about the future. What's going to happen tomorrow? If we know everything that's going to happen tomorrow, we'll be so happy. No trouble. Nothing will trouble us. If you know the next one month or one year, what's going to happen exactly every month, you're so happy. You're not troubled. But these people were so troubled. Okay, there's a newborn king now. So now Herod is no longer going to be the king. Somebody else is going to come in this place. Um, what's going to happen? How is he going to rule? How is he going to govern? So worry about the future. They've worried about so many things, worried about the future, uncertainty, uncertainty. Herod had insecurity, the people had uncertainty. Two problems that you must deal with when you come, to, come for worship. You must deal with your insecurity, you must deal with your uncertainty. And settle the matter in the presence of the one who is above all these things. Amen. The one who can make you secure, the one who can make you certain. His name is Jesus. But this guy was insecure. And his subjects were uncertain. And both of them were, all of them were, said troubled. Troubled. If you are, see, when you're troubled for the, all the wrong reasons, you cannot worship. You will be so disconnected from the purpose of God in your life. You're troubled. Ayyo, what about, what will I eat one month from now? On the 15th of Jan, 2024, what's, What's it gonna? Um, what's that gonna? I'm gonna. I'm gonna eat for breakfast. What will I serve my kids for lunch? Worried about what's gonna happen one month from now. 
uncertainty, insecurity. What about my, my position? What about my uh, high standing in society? Now I'm a king. If a newborn king is coming, then what, what's going to happen with me? Are you getting this? So in stark contrast to the Magi, who were spiritually quickened, Herod and all of Israel were spiritually numb. Say numb. numb. I mean, they didn't see no star. They didn't see, read no signs. They couldn't see anything at all. They, the first time they're hearing about this newborn king is when these people, how many of our people they were, they came to their land and said, we are searching for the king of the Jews. Just imagine some foreigners coming to your land, cotton, and searching for something which you have not even heard of. I've not heard. In Kotem, king of the Jews. What good can come out of Kotem? Are you getting, are you getting the drift? Just imagine foreigners coming to your land and asking and inquiring about things which you have no clue about. You know, I get offended when foreigners know more about my land than me. I had an interesting conversation with Linz. I told everything about his neighborhood where he is staying for the past how many of months. He's like, how do you know all these places? I don't know anything about my place. But that's, that's what it is. These people came in search of something which was unknown to them. They had no clue about this. Because they were spiritually, the other people were spiritually the Magi were spiritually, say alert, say alert, say they read the sign, they saw the sign. Verse 4, and gathering together all the priests, I love this part, and gathering together all the priests and scribes of the people, he inquired, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. So he knew something about this because he was raised in the ways of the Jews. So he he, he, he called all the, the chief priests, all the scribes, meaning all the theologians, all the Bible teachers, all the scholars of the Bible. He called them all and said, help me find this out. Where will the Messiah be born? That's his response. That's his response. They, so they all gathered together. They looked into the text. It's a text. Scripture. They looked into scripture. They read through the pages of prophecy. Are you with me? They read through the pages of prophecy. They took notes. They discussed with each other. They had something like a mini Bible study there. A crash course. On where the Messiah's birth will be. On the birth of Messiah. That's what they did. That's exactly what they did. And verse 5. They said to him. In Bethlehem of Judea. For that, this is what has been written by the prophet. For, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For from you will come forth the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they managed to find the exact answer to Herod's question. From where will this guy be born? From where will this Messiah be born? In which place? They found, they searched scripture and in no time they came out with the answer, the exact answer to the question that Herod had. Bethlehem. They all were in agreement. They reached a consensus. After studying scripture together, 
they reached a consensus yes messiah will be born in bethlehem then look at the verse next verse verse 7 then herod secretly called for the magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared it looks like positive signs a positive sign first up is good they, he gathered all the the bible scholars the the bible teachers the theologians they all came together he said find out you you help me find out when will this where will he be born they found out and told him bethlehem and then he went back to the the magi and asked them when did do you see the star for the first time and determined from them the exact time the star appeared so he wanted to know those minor details looks good looks like he's on the path of sanity yeah look at verse 8 and he sent them to bethlehem and said so they he sent them also so now he has kind of gotten pally with them and said okay you go go and search carefully for the child and when you have found him report to me so that i too may come and worship him after hearing the king they went on their way behold the star which they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it came to a stop over the place where the child was to be found when they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy i love it they saw the star the sign from heaven when you see the sign from heaven what comes to you what comes over you like them can you rejoice they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy exceedingly with great joy when heaven speaks to you can you rejoice exceedingly with great joy or do you ignore it where do you stand when they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and after they came into the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they fell down and worshiped him oh, i love this i love this they came all the way the effort was nothing for them it meant nothing i mean they did not brag about their efforts oh we traveled so so far they just said we are worshipers we came we came to worship why are you here we came from the east to worship we are worshipers that's who we are and finally when they met the object of their affection they met the center of their worship they bowed down and worshiped him then they opened the treasures and presented to him gifts of gold not gold gifts of gold meaning there are several items of gold gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh don't think it was a small box like this that's what we do no come here three of you This is the picture that you just come and stand here. Let them all see in the camera also. See. This is the picture that we have about the Magi. Small, small, say gold. Say gold. This is gold. Gold has to be the smallest. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hold it properly. No? Yeah. That's what we think. That's how they came. That's not how they came. The, the Bible says, they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold 
frankincense and myrrh. And keep it back there. Yeah. That's good. That's okay. Thank you. By the way, there is no gold in that. Okay. I'll be keeping an eye on that. So gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And after being warned, now look at the next thing. After being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Man, now you know that the whole event was orchestrated by God. They saw the star, they followed it. They came prepared for worship with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Man, they came into this, this city called Jerusalem and they inquired about the whereabouts of this newborn king. Have you found? Have you found? Have you found? Where, do you know where he is? Do you know where he is? Then what happened? Huh? And then what happened? And then they finally met with Herod. Herod was troubled. All of Israel were troubled with him. Then what happened? Herod found out where he is born. Herod thought, okay, maybe you can go and find out exactly where he is. Come back and report to me so that I can also worship. All right, sounds so good. But in the dream. Now, these people, this, this is how, this is why we must be spiritually alert. Okay, you can go to a place and make friendship with a king. Okay, that's a good, good connection to keep. It's a good connection. Now, that's how we think. Good connections to keep are supposed to be kept. So, but God told them in a dream. It's a dream. Uh, just a dream. Say just a dream. God told them in a just a dream. Say just a dream. It's not in the Bible. I'm just trying to get you some, somewhere. Say just a dream. In just a dream, God warned them not to go to Herod. So, the human brain is telling you, Herod is a good connection. He's a king. You can do future transactions with him. You can make some money. Yeah? You can, it's a good opening to keep. Eh? A good, good connection to keep. A good network to, network to have. Somebody in influence. Good in, ah, yeah, in good intentions. But the dream told them otherwise. Warned, say warned. How many of you get warned in dreams? Oh, man, I'm telling you. Even this week, you won't believe. This week, one of these days, I got up with a dream and I was like, okay, what is going on here? I had no clue what is going on. In matter of hours, I, I encountered the very same thing that I saw in the dream. The Lord was warning me in a dream. So don't take your dreams lightly. In fact, if you are a student of God's word, especially the, the account of nativity, this is full of dreams. In fact, this man by the name Joseph we say Joseph the dreamer is the Old Testament Joseph. I'm telling you, I think this guy is the actual dreamer. Joseph of the New Testament is the actual dreamer. So Herod had intentions. Say intentions. Say other intentions. Amen. Though he pretended he is a worshipper, he was not. Didn't you know that there are people who pretend to be worshippers, but they are not? <laughs> and, and that day will reveal. That day will reveal. The pretenders will be exposed on that day. That's why the Bible says the creation itself is waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That day will reveal. Man, 
pretenders will be exposed. They'll be left with nothing. Amen. So this guy was a pretender. Herod was a pretender. He pretended. He used words. He said, I'm a worshiper. Take us to the person that you're worshiping. Take us to this newborn king. Though I am king of the Jews, we, I also want to go and worship. You go to Bethlehem, find out where he is so that I can also go. Report it back to me so I can also come and worship him. Don't get sidetracked by pretenders. Amen. You don't need company to worship. The word for somebody very clearly. You don't, you don't need any company to worship. You are in the company of angels. You're in the company of angels. Amen. You don't need no company to worship. You're in the company of angels. Amen. You worship with angels. You worship with angels. Amen. And in fact, your worship has, has got more attention of, to God. God gives more attention to your worship. Your worship has got more attention from heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't have, no, I, I don't feel like worshipping because nobody is there to worship. You don't need anybody else to worship. You're not worshipping with anybody. You're worshipping one person. Man, worship, like I said, worship is not a collective act. It is never meant to be like that. If you can do it together, great. Man, like I said, when we, re, when we all get to heaven, we'll do it collectively. Man, here what we're doing is the, the rehearsals. But worship is primarily a solo act. Everywhere in the Bible, it was a solo act. One person, bow down. No, bow down. Fell at his feet. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when God's word gives you a revelation, what, what is it doing to you? See, he read the word. Say, who read the word? Who read the word? We just, we just read that. Ah, Herod read the word or the word was read out to him. Okay? He, he searched the scriptures. And we all take pride. Oh, I have searched the scriptures. I read so much of the word. I read so many chapters a day. The head is getting puffed up. Chief priests and scribes and you know, king of the Jews and all. But what is the word doing to you? If the word is not taking you all the way to worship, amen, it has no effect on you. It is not a spiritual exercise at all. The reading of God's word must bring you to your knees. The listening to God's word must bring you to your knees. It must bring tears of worship. It must every time you listen to God's word, it must bring worship out of you. If you are totally unmoved, when the word comes to you, if you are unmoved, there is not even a teardrop from your eyes coming. I am telling you, there is something wrong. And you feel like you know it. You know it in the head. Herod knew in the head. Are you with me? Herod knew it in the head. The chief priests knew it in the head. The scribes, they all knew it in the head. But none of them were there at the worship of Jesus. They were not there at the feet of Jesus. Before Jesus. None of them were there. It was just those magi. We don't even know who they were. From, they, from where they came, except that they came from the east. Nothing else. But they were worshippers. Say true worshippers. The true worshippers. When, when, when heaven revealed to them something, they responded. When heaven reveals to you something, you better respond with worship. When heaven speaks to you something, you better respond with worship. 
this is see this is a principle i'm telling you this is a principle i know for a fact that people who don't respond to god's word in worship have not received anything i know it by experience i know it so that's why we try to encourage you respond respond loud and respond say the hallelujah say the amens come with us just flow with us respond praise stand up and praise fall down and worship when the word is being preached why because the word the only objective of god's word is to bring forth worship from within you man if your head is getting puffed up because by the word that you read or you are exposed to it is not doing anything to you the person remains the same herod remained the same person the evil wicked man with a lot of bloodshed a few verses down we will see what he did he massacred all the little children 2 years and under the person who was supposed to be the the guardian or the protector of these people became the destroyer he became the vilest offender in the land fined all the kids 2 years and under killed them all what are you talking about but he he read the word he saw the prophecy he made sense of it he even realized that the messiah will come from bethlehem he'll be born, he'll be born in bethlehem he found out from the magi the time of the star everything was precise he was all connecting the dots he was being led to knowing christ but what happened there's no change of heart the word remained stuck in the head it did not go down to the heart or to the spirit are you with me if the word that you receive is getting stuck in your head it will not do anything to you you will remain the person that you are proud and haughty arrogant rebellious ah oh, i know a lot of words so what there's no change in your heart the word is stuck in your head the word is stuck in your head it's choking you the word is choking you because it is stuck it is not going down your heart like the food that is supposed to go into your stomach it gets choked in your throat likewise the word that is go down supposed to go down all the way to your heart your spirit is getting choked in the head you want to interpret you want to you want to understand evaluate everything that you hear by your head your wisdom the word cannot be appraised with human wisdom the word must be appraised spiritually your thick head is standing in the way of you benefiting from god's word that's what the bible says that's why the bible bible talks about they heard the word but it did not profit them why why did it not profit them because they were not able to unite it with faith if faith has to come it has to go all the way to the heart faith is not from the head somebody receive this faith is not from the head it comes from the heart problem you cannot exercise faith and live by faith is because you know a lot of word maybe in the head it is not reached your heart when it reaches your heart and when you start to respond to it and when you start to submit to it and when you start to worship god with it say worship god the word must cause you to worship him it must cause you to worship him it must get you on your knees word must get you on your knees otherwise there is no revelation of god's word it is mere head knowledge revelation of god's word will bring you to your knees it'll make you to give out everything you have 
you want to lay it all before god take the gold take the frankincense take the myrrh does not need i don't need it anymore all i want is you all i want is you but if it has reached your head i want to remain as king i want to remain as king i want to know what's going to happen tomorrow so you live with your uncertainty you live with your insecurity and you get stuck the word has not gone down your heart it is stuck in your head are you with me so here then this people intellectually sought after and studied the word oh we give so much weightage for intellectual study of god's word i want to repeat it over and over it will not fetch you anything you can know the bible cover to cover the devil knows the bible cover to cover he can quote the bible better than you it will not fetch you anything the word is not to be stored up in your head the bible asks you the, the word tells you it must be stored up in your heart how can a young man keep himself pure by keeping it according to his word let him hide the word in the heart the bible says yeah, you, 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 i mean think about this see i'll tell you something okay the best way to check whether the word is reaching your heart or not if it is reached only to your head you will not remember anything that was preached the last previous you know or the last uh, couple of seasons what god is ministering to you in your meditation your quiet time or or the time of uh, fellowship that we had or the preaching that came from the church you will not remember anything because it has reached your head and drained off but if it has gone down your heart it will bring about a change in the way you approach god first and foremost it will it will bring about reverence reverence for god reverence for god's people reverence for the things of god reverence for the church reverence for everything you will not take anything for granted if you are easily offended by this and that that means the word is here i'm offended i take offense because my my king kingship is being challenged my kingship is being challenged really really if god is the one who made you king what can challenge your kingship if god is the one who made you king then that will remain if it is not god why do you want to have it if it is not why do you want to have it why do you want to keep something which is not from god live free live free live free from the burden of positions and titles live free so they these people sought god intellectually studied the word intellectually but the magi from the east the word was revealed to them supernaturally they did not even open the bible do you know that you can get the word without opening the bible i'm not asking you not to open the bible but you can get revelation knowledge of god's word without opening the bible without opening the bible you have to stay alert you are spiritual beings your spiritual beings it's all gathered in the spirit <laughs> you are looking at the star you're gathering a word from the from the star you're looking at the sun you're gathering word from the sun you're looking at the river you're gathering word from the river wherever you turn you see word word valley of dry bones word green pastures word birds in the sky word 
lily in the valley word everything is word why because you are a spiritual being you are not restricted to knowing god's word from the pages of a book herod and his company they were restricted to knowing god's word from the pages of a book they it is a good thing there's nothing wrong with it but they were restricted there but the magi they were open say open say open and one of the things that the lord is impressing upon my heart to tell you people is to be open to god's word be open to the spirit of god be open do not be closed do not be rigid do not be stiff be open be open so that god can reveal things to you in a dream god can reveal things to you from nature both sets of people knew the same thing but had contrasting responses the magi wanted to worship the newborn herod wanted to kill the newborn ah think about it magi wanted to worship the newborn king herod wanted to kill the newborn thing they both knew the same thing both of them the same thing you can be in the same company in the same church knowing the same thing but have two responses are you with me are you with me that that shows the condition of human heart one person received it all the way into the heart the other person received it only till the head say alert say spiritually alert tell your neighbor be spiritually alert tell your neighbor be spiritually alert you can tell your neighbor if you are alert you can say you are not Oh, that takes a little bit of uh, spiritual alertness to say that. Some of you are not. Some of you are not spiritually alert. You're not. Do not disconnect scripture from the spirit of God. Do not disconnect scripture from the spirit of God. He is the teacher who teaches you all things. The anointing will teach you all things. the anointing will teach you all things the anointing will teach you all things it'll make you wiser than your teachers thank you jesus hallelujah rakaba shatara rabasi man see god is god is god is looking for people who can present god's word not with letters not merely letters but in the spirit the spirit the letter kills but the spirit gives life and most of us are, the, the effort is to to learn the letter you're learning the letter well but you're devoid of the spirit the spirit gives life the spirit gives life the spirit gives life the spirit must hover over the word the spirit must hover over the word the magi were all about worship divine revelation inspires worship divine revelation inspires worship when you study scripture it must inspire worship when you study scripture it must inspire worship when you study god's word it it must inspire worship if you are 
pages are getting filled up but your heart is not beware when you study god's word if the pages of your notebooks are getting filled up but your heart is not beware is a word for somebody when the word is spiritually revealed and you're alert to receive it all that you want to do is worship all that you want to do is worship you don't look at the the budget do we have the budget to go all the way to jerusalem do we have the resources do we have the time do we have the connections do we know exact road road map none of those things matter the word has been revealed to you spiritually you're alert you're alert you're alert and you received it now the next response is go go and worship go and worship any response short of worshiping jesus with your heart means okay listen to this any response short of uh, worshiping jesus with all of your heart means you have not received the full revelation of god's word if you study a passage of scripture and you're feeling good about it and you 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 you're able to connect the dots yes the star in the east bethlehem and the time of their coming are you connected you are you are finding wow but there's no worship there's no worship it means your study is incomplete that's what it means because true study of god's word will bring you to the so what was missing in herod's knowledge of god's word worship right why because he didn't have a revelation of who this newborn baby is he did not have a revelation of jesus only the revelation of jesus will bring about worship when you consider the word if you don't get the revelation of christ you cannot worship you can have a lot of facts you can fill up like i said fill up a lot of pages you can do all that but there's no revelation there's no revelation of who christ is and it is not bringing is not doing anything to you you know i i mean i i want to challenge you i want to challenge you in your study of god's word in your meditation in your quiet time listen to me children listen to me okay i want i'm talking to you in your quiet time in your study of god's word in your uh, times with the lord if you're not led to worship it's if your quiet time looks like this and you went away that is not quiet time that is not meditation that's not study of god's word you getting it you must stay there till you receive a word and it brings you into worship that you can't get up from that place without pouring your heart to god in worship if i thank you lord if a hallelujah does not come out of your mouth you have not read it enough you have not read it enough if you can't praise god unashamedly you have not considered it enough it's incomplete so the next time you read your bible next time you do your quiet time or your meditation whatever you call it make sure that you stay till you get a hold of it and ask the lord to touch you with that word let him touch the depths of your being let it bring out tears of joy tears of worship a song let a song arise sing out in worship unto jesus one of the things i i hate to do 
I hate to do a study of God's word to teach God's word. I hate to do a study of God's word just to teach God's word. I would rather do a study of God's word so that the word can teach me. Now that's one of the one of the things that as a, as pastors, as Bible teachers, as ministers, you know, we are sometimes pressured to study the word of God to go and teach. But if it is not doing anything to you, you are missing out on the revelation. You, when you study God's word, it must you must go like, wow, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. I give you my worship. The question is, Herod was happy because he found the answer. But the question is, was he inspired to worship God on what he learned from scripture? Did the word bring him to tears of repentance? Did the word get him down on his knees in worship? Are you getting this? I wanted to introspect. When you do a study, when you listen to a word, when you consider the meditation, of, when you meditate on God's word, you consider the passage of scripture, what is it doing to you? Is it bringing you to tears? Is it bringing you to worship? Is it bringing you to a change of heart? If not, it is incomplete. I want to drive that across to you. It is incomplete. You must not leave church at the end of worship, at the end of the service without being able to worship God more freely because you receive the word. You receive the word with gladness. You receive the word with joy, with readiness. And it causes you to worship. Look at the Magi. All they're seeking and hoping was not an intellectual exercise. Their curiosity to find out the place of the birth of the newborn king was not to feed their knowledge and to be acknowledged by other people. Oftentimes, your quest to find out the depths of the scripture is for to feed your knowledge and to be acknowledged by other people. <laughs> the word must do, have an effect in your life. Treat the word like a living, it's a living, living and active it is living and active it can speak to you it can slap you it can comfort you it can pamper you it can hold you it can embrace you that's the word living and active
stand up to your feet. Spirit of the Lord is urging you, is telling you, do not miss out on signs from heaven. You probably have bypassed, you probably have missed out, overlooked many signs from heaven. You couldn't make sense of dreams. You have not cherished them. God has warned you in dreams, in your dreams dreams through other people prepared you may be wanted to prevent you from mistakes maybe you have not needed enough the Lord says stay alert stay alert give your whole being your whole self alertness go down all the way let it go down all the way let it not remain in your head let it not get stuck in your head the word be digested in your heart that you may profit and nourish by it you may be nourished by it that you may be nourished by it this question in this manner before. Is there anybody here but the Lord is asking you to? Just put your hands up. One, two, three. Just, okay. I, 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 I want to take this time to be to pray over you. I want Pastor Nisha also to come here. We want to pray for, take time to pray for these people. I want you to keep an eye on, just can you put your hands up one more time? Can you just keep track of the people that raised? Can you just look at the people that raised their hands? Keep a track of them. Help me with this. Yes. I'm going to take time to pray. I want the band to just minister and worship and music. Uh, just prophetically play the tune that the Lord puts in your heart, the rhythm that the Lord's put in your heart. We're going to take a little time to pray.
you, Jesus. Amen. The response to God's word is worship. Amen. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. Let our response to that be worship. As we approach the table, we celebrate the fact that the word became flesh. The word was made manifest in our midst. Amen. In our midst, may it inspire us to worship. Worship, worship. Let the table inspire you to worship. Let the table inspire you to worship. The table of his goodness. The table of his blessing. Of his goodness, his love. Inspire you to worship. We lay no no formalities. We lay no formalities. If you're a if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you are free to come and partake of these elements, knowing fully well what they are. The bread is the broken body of Christ. The cup is the blood of Jesus Christ. It was shed to cleanse us, to purge us. The body was the body was broken for our wholeness. The chastisement of our iniquities fell upon him. God has given you peace. Peace with God. Wholeness is your portion. Peace is your portion. Amen. Health is your portion. Receive it. Receive it. The declaration is as simple as that. When you declare it, when you declare something, I don't know whether you notice it, when you declare something, it becomes a reality. Here the reality is being declared and it manifests. The reality is being declared. The victory of Christ is being declared. As you partake of the elements, the victory of Jesus Christ is being declared. It will manifest. It will manifest. It will manifest. It will manifest in our lives. In our midst. Amen. Hallelujah. The elements will come around. If you're coming to search for the first time, hold on to the elements till all of us have received the elements. And once we all have, let's partake together. Amen. I cast my mind 
to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone, Messiah still and all alone. Oh, praise the
We're going to partake together. Thank you, Jesus. We see you. We worship you. We thank you for what you've done, what has been accomplished for us. We stand because of the finished work. We are beneficiaries of your work. Thank you, Father. We receive all the benefits. We receive all the benefits. We declare the victory. And we stand in the victory. In Jesus' name. sing a song and uh, let's worship God without giving. If you want to give God, give unto God. Uh, just if you want help with electronic modes of giving, you can put your hands up. Let's worship, man. Let's worship and give.
Fear no evil, man. Walk with Jesus. Fear no evil, Father. Thank you for this grace by which we can give unto your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for enabling us, Lord, to bring your offerings unto you, Lord. Pray that the money that has been collected will be used for the glory of your name. Every hand that gave, every heart that gave, cheerfully, let them be blessed on account of their giving. In Jesus' most awesome name, we pray. Amen. Good afternoon, church. The mighty presence of God is moving in this place. Amen. I want to welcome everybody who has joined us for the Sunday service, even to those who have joined us online. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of this service, and we hope God has been ministering to you. Is there anybody who has joined us for the first time today? So moving on to the announcements, we will be having our next focus, the youth meeting on the 5th of January, 2024, from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. That is our next focus, 
will happen on the first Friday of January from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we'll have Bible study on the 12th of Jan, 2024, from 7 p.m. So our next Bible study is on the, on the 12th of Jan, from 7 p.m. And we have Vow and Amen on the 19th of Jan, from 6.30 p.m. Revelation Church Band will be on tour this week, starting from Wednesday, that is from the 20th of December. So the dates and venues are on the 20th of December at Providence College of Engineering, Chenganur. On the 21st of December at Bethany Academy, Vendikulam. On the 23rd of December at Praise Generation Church, Alapura. And on the 24th of December at Somadevan Resort, Kovalam. So this week, the band is continuously ministering from the 20th. So please do keep the band in prayers as um, they'll be continuously traveling and ministering. So pray for their health, for provision, and for favor in all, in all the places that they go. And I also encourage the church to support financially as there are a lot of financial needs in, uh, involved in this. Most of these openings are self-funded so I encourage the church to sow financially and to be a part of this ministry. And if you wish to do so, please get in touch with Tijo. Last week on the 15th, the band ministered at Darshana CMI International School, Pudupalli. The ministry was well received by the students. Praise God. Especially the younger kids enjoyed a lot and they were very receptive. So, um, and there were very good feedbacks from the management as well. So praise God for his goodness and for his favor. <laughs> Moving on. Revelation Church Christmas Worship Evening, Natal Luz is on the, is on the 22nd of December. That is this coming Friday, we have Natal Luz. And this is a wonderful opportunity to share the love of Jesus. So I encourage all of you to invite your friends and family also to come and be a part of this service. And uh, the soft copy invite will be shared this week. You can pass it on to your contacts and invite them to come. And please do let us know a number of the people that you will be bringing along so that it will be helpful in making the necessary arrangements. And on the 24th of December, that is the Sunday before Christmas, next Sunday, we will be having an early morning service. So next Sunday, our service will be at? 7.30 at 7.30 a.m. And followed by? Breakfast. So please note that will be the only service for the day. So next Sunday, we have service at 7.30 a.m. And we will not be having Sunday school as it is an early morning service. And we'll be having watch night service on the 31st of December from 11 p.m. And since 31st is a Sunday, we will be having regular service in the morning at 9.30 a.m. And watch night service at, at 11 p.m. So after our regular morning service, the church is open for anybody who wishes to stay back. So if you want, you can go home and come back or you can stay back in the church till uh, 11 p.m. 
also we have received a notice from ICPF Kottayam. Uh, they are conducting a camp called as the New Life Camp from the 26th of December to the 29th of December from 4 p.m. to 1 p.m. New Life Camp from 26th to 29th of December uh, at Anugraha Renewal Center, Elampalli. So if there's anybody who's interested, you can uh, get in touch with us for more details. And also today, Shahid Chan is celebrating his birthday. So after service, we will be praying for him and he'll be cutting the cake. Um, and uh, he'll be cutting the cake. So please do remember to wish him, pray for him and speak a blessing over him. And they've also arranged for some snacks for all of us. So after the service, please join for the fellowship as well. I request Pastor Sujit to uh, kindly pray for Shalchan after the service. So that's all for the announcements. Let's all say together. In his temple, does everyone speak of his glory? Let's observe silence for the next two minutes, after which we'll be praying for Shalchan. God bless you all. <laughs> 